So, we're back here with Jimmy Jung Loon. What's up, guys? Yeah, this is this is our brand new bonus segment. I usually have this segment on the show called "What's Been Helping Us Procrastinate in the Last Few Days," but I thought the um, the Mank episode was already going to be too long, so it just gave me a good excuse to create this section for more content to you, the listener. All right. Ooh. So if you like this, just be sure to chime in via Twitter, email, or voicemail, and let me know, and we we can make more of these. All right, Jimmy, you ready? Let's do this. Let's do it, man. All right. So w- when I asked you about what you've what you wanted to talk about in this section, you expressed some interest in talking about video games and cinema and how they kind of relate to each other. So, mm-hmm. um. Is this something that just keeps you up at night? It doesn't. It doesn't really keep me up at night, but I'm always trying to, I guess, um, um, figure out where things are headed. I guess, right? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and you know, I have a lot of interest outside of film, right? Um, and in particular, you know, I think a lot of us grew up with video games, and it, you know, early on with those games, with video games. Um, you know, it's just a game, right? But there's not a lot of story- storytelling happening. And, mm. you know, over time, as graphics got better and, you know, you can see real facial expression happening on, on, on these characters' faces, it starts to get more, more and more cinematic. And then, and then it comes to a point where you're playing games with, like, real or attempted real Hollywood stories, in a way, that are all intertwined in this whole being able to control the player and make decisions. Right. And so then, you know, scripts ending up end up being like 600 pages of just dialogue in, in these AAA, you know, half a billion dollar games like Red Dead Redemption 2 or The Witcher 3 or something like that. Right. And um, and I, you know, as filmmakers, as storytellers. That's an interesting world to to possibly work in or just to just to figure out in a way or just to find out, you know. And, um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, cinema is great, but doesn't have as many dimensions. I, I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not trying to put cinema down at all. I love cinema, but you have this other medium out there that utilizes that, well, that at least tries to utilize everything that cinema has on top of another dimension where you're trying to, you actually get to control the main character on top of another dimension of being able to branch out and tell and to work kind of make your own story and, and and make your own choices that determine a particular type of ending mm. and that's crazy insanely complicated to do and, and actually try to capture the audience that's playing the game and making them like you know making them feel something when they're well, making these choices and so it's it's um it's almost like video games you know at least for certain types of video games it's like it's like cinema with like two or three other dimensions on top of it that you have to figure out as a filmmaker, video game developer, whatever it is that you are. Um, so that's kind of how I, that's kind of how I see it. The technology itself is also merging. Eventually, probably going to merge very much with the cinema with the with cinema itself, uh, mm-hmm. game engines and, and things like that. Um, and they're already doing that with the Mandalorian using like the Unreal Engine to like operate the kind of um, parallax that happens on the screen behind them of uh, the digital screen that, that, that uh, is like a landscape or something. 
And um, so you, I'm starting to see a lot of this stuff. And um, and not only that, that, that the field is growing considerably. Um, and so it's very, very fascinating world. It's almost, it feels like, you know, it's like the, the, the dawn of the internet kind of, the kind of feeling, you know, especially with the, within your field kind of thing, right? Mm. That's really what it feels like to me. And so that's why I'm so interested in, 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 in dabbling and, and finding out and, you know, working out how it works. I remember the first games that I, I saw that had uh, some story to them. Uh, were the Street Fighter games? Oh yeah. The, even even though it was just rudimentary animation uh, and limited dialogue, uh -huh. there was still something there. Yeah. Uh, even though it was a fighting game, there was yeah. this background to the story. Each mm -hmm. character came from a different place, and yeah. each character had their very own ending. If you yeah. defeated the boss at the end, yeah. Um. And Mortal Kombat as well had that. Mortal Kombat movie coming yeah, out. Yeah, I have a lot. I have some friends in that movie, which is hilarious. And to see them. Oh, nice. Yeah, like nice. Liu Kang, like Ludi Lin. Um, yeah. I met in Beijing. And uh, wait, not he's, not he's your doppelganger, fuck. right? Say again? No, he's not. not yeah, he's my doppelganger. Not. Of course, he's my. <laughs> <laughs> he's the less good-looking twin. Let's just say that. And since I know right. that I'm not being recorded by video, I'm just gonna straight up say it because no one knows what the fuck I look like. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's a very attractive man, um, and uh, uh, I have some friends who know other friends that are in it because it's a very Asian American cast in it, right? So, um, and the Asian American Hollywood circle is actually relatively small, um, so it's mm -hmm. actually very exciting to kind of see um, see Asian Americans being portrayed um, in cinema, right? So, it's, it's it's a very fun thing. It's like seeing your All brother. Right on screen in a weird, in yeah, a weird way. Yeah, I bet. You know, he's like, oh, shit, I know that guy, you know? Um, so, and, and, you know, I, I also should say Z Z The Legend of Zelda had its own story. But as far as having these cut scenes where they're not, they're not, it's not just the character that you're moving around on the screen. It's actually... Mm -hmm an animation yeah. of the character. It's like literally a cinematic cut. Yeah. A cut, like it's like a cinematic, yeah. like it's a short film, like a, like a scene. Yeah. Yeah. And so now these, these worlds are kind of merging and I'm not just saying that, uh, people are making movies about video games because that's been happening for a long time. But mm -hmm. in terms of the way storytelling goes, you have video games more and more including storylines that feel like a movie. Mm -hmm. um, I'm talking about games like uh, The Last of Us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've and... actually I played part of it. I haven't played part two yet, but um, but yeah, it's a it's a very cinematic game. I saw some and and some, even some though it's very it's a very involved game where you know you're actually doing stuff, there is still this cinematic aspect to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and then you have the technology that's also permeating. You have uh, games that are uh, virtual reality and mm -hmm. or augmented reality. Mm -hmm. And you also have the technology where the Unreal Engine comes in 
and is just in 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 a movie or or a, or a TV show set, it just creates yeah. the background. Exactly. And it it's it just looks photo real. Yeah. Without yeah. the use of any of of these chroma key uh Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, things that they you usually use. Yeah. You don't have the green screen or the blue screen or any mm -hmm. of that. Yeah, you just do it. Um, straight up shoot it straight. Save a lot of yeah, time. Exactly. Yeah. Um so Mandalorian Westworld they they they're using that and and that's going to be the norm from now on. Because it's yeah. open source. I mean, this isn't this isn't like a proprietary type of thing that you have to pay through the nose to get yeah. it. Yeah. Um. So I think I think that's very very interesting, the way that these two industries are are kind of merging and and sometimes overlapping. I would say. I think one of the things, one of the opportunities, I think in in video games, um, in general, like all video games in general, is the the just the writing. Right, just the general storytelling aspect and the direction of how the story unfolds and stuff like that. You know, I get like you you have to branch out and all that stuff, but very much so. Um, you know, what I really want to see is like, you know, a video game at the level of, I don't know, like um, like an Oscar-winning movie, but it's a video game in terms of storytelling, in terms of how it makes you feel, in terms of seriousness, in a way. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, there are some games that have done it to a certain extent, but in a lot of ways, they emulate a lot of things that happen in Hollywood already, right? Um, and for good or bad, I don't, I don't know exactly, but I feel like there are a lot of, there's a lot of money going into video games where the story is like film school level not saying that film school, you know, is a bad thing. It's just that that's where we all start when we're all learning how mm -hmm. to. Not all of us, but you know, it's a, it's, it's, a, you know, that's the, I guess, a term that you know, I, I would use. But um, it's it, when you start off filmmaking, it's like a lot of the story stuff that we don't know about yet, and we don't yeah. know that we don't know. You know what I mean? And that's how mm -hmm. sometimes when I'm playing a game, I'm like, man, this game is amazing from the gameplay aspect, but the story is just so amateur in a way, right? And, but they spend so much money on it, and it's like man, this thing can be truly elevated if, you know, there was a writer um, from cinema or, or, or they worked with, and they, they probably do to a certain extent, but from my experience in both fields, um, there's not a lot of crosstalk at all. There's like very, very little. Um, so it, it, it's an opportunity for, for filmmakers. Hopefully in the future, we'll, we'll see... Uh... Video game from Jimmy Jung Lu. I'm actually in talks of making one now. Um, All right. And it has to do with um, really cool sci-fi UFO stuff. Right. Now. All right. So so jumping off of that uh, sci-fi and time travel thing, how about if we talk about a little film called Tenant? A little film. How did you feel about it? I mean, I don't know. You wanted me to talk first? You can talk first about it. All right. So we're going to talk about Tenet with spoilers. I'm not going to even try not to talk about this without any spoilers. <laughs> there's really no use. Honestly, there's really no use. Okay. Um, so uh, this movie was a wild ride. Um, it was. Timey, wimey movie that plays with time in a very interesting way i would say yeah you know christopher nolan wrote and directed this movie which again like so many of his other original works deals with the concept of time mm -hmm. 
you know, you have Memento, Insomnia, The Prestige, Inception, Interstellar. Mm -hmm. You know, all, all of them have something to do. Even Dunkirk mm -hmm. plays with time. Yeah. Um, so Tenet, the, the type of time travel that is in this movie is the one that I like. The causal <laughs> loop. Okay. Okay, can you None explain this... causal loop to me so I understand fully? Like, I think I, I think I intuitively get it, you know, because, you know, I've seen these movies. But how would you express it, like, outright well, so that uh, we okay. can... All right. So, so in 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 simple terms, uh, it's 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 a, it's much more diff, it's much more uh, complicated than this. But in simple terms, mm. many people think of time as a straight line. Got it. In a causal loop, the timeline is basically a circle. Got it. So, if you go to the past and you interact with people in the past, it's because you were always meant to be there. You're always there. So even though you're not you're not there, you don't think you're there, you're there. Because somehow you go from the future to the past uh -huh. and even if you try to change stuff, you can't because so it, there's a destiny element kind of involved in it yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Exactly. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah, no no free will basically. Okay. No okay. free will. Okay. All right. Um and I like that. I like that I, because I like that it, a lot it, too. It makes time travel stories very complicated to pull I like, off. I like, I like both. I like complicated time travel stories and complicated ways to pull it off and try to figure it out. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so, so in this causal loop, you know, what happens happens because it's always supposed to happen that way. Mm -hmm. Not, 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 not the Back to the Future type of thing where you can actually affect the outcome of your future based on the things that you change in the past and there's another timeline that drifts off and none mm -hmm, of that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, none of yeah. that. Um, so did you like Tenant? I liked it a lot, actually. Okay. And I liked okay. it a lot part particularly because it kind of confused me a little bit until okay. I had to figure it out, right? Um, but I liked it a lot because straight up concept of the movie itself with the inversion and how you think of that, like, how do you think of that shit? You know what I mean? Like, how do you even come up with that? Like, just forget about making movies. It's just like, how do you come up with that idea? If maybe it was, maybe it's an idea that was something within the sci-fi world that was a normal thing, and maybe he brought it up. I actually haven't researched that. But that idea alone is just fascinating as hell. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And then you have the whole lore of, like, you can't breathe, so you gotta, you know, put this mask on, and then, like, you know, everything is, like, entropy is in reverse. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, the funny thing is that I actually read this book called um, uh, The History of Time or, or something that has to do with time. And it's this professor who is trying to explain time through the fact that time and entropy is inextricably linked. Like, mm -hmm. entropy is time and time is entropy. I, that's what really yeah. as far as I can really say anything really about. Um, because I honestly don't, it's like so complicated that when I read it, I got it and I don't remember it anymore. But, but, <laughs> I, but, it, but there's a lot of hints in this movie using, connecting the, 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 the existence of entropy with time and how things reverse. So then you have a situation where, okay, so if you reverse entropy, then things get colder that's supposed to get hotter. So then the, the car freezes rather than blows up and stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. And just from a like geeky, you know, sci-fi, you know, what would happen if 
this particular factor of the sci-fi thing, sci-fi mechanic, what can you use it for and how you would you make an interesting situation out of it? You know what I mean? And um, and so, you know, you're, you're watching the movie in forwards and then you're watching the movie in, in reverse. And then there's a whole like battle scene that goes in reverse and forward at the same time. Man, my brain was exploding the whole fucking time trying to figure this thing out. <laughs> but um, uh, who's the actor? What's his name? Um, the main character? George, uh, not, uh, Washington something. What's his name? Um, he's Denzel Washington's he's Denzel's son. son. Yeah, yeah Denzel's and, son. and and the other guy, um, the Harry Potter guy. He's such a good actor, but I can't. I'm so bad with names. I mean, the I think Twilight guy. Really the Twilight huh? guy. Twilight guy. Yeah. The Twilight guy. He's really new, good. New he's Batman. Really good. He's, the, huh? What's his name? The the new Batman. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a, he, like he's proven himself to be a really good actor. I think. Oh yeah. Like I have a lot of respect yeah, for him absolutely. now. Um, yeah. Before. And living, it's like this guy's the Twilight guy, so maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Um, but uh, uh, so you know, what's going on at first, right? You see him like getting pulled in a weird way. You know, people like slamming against walls randomly. Someone gets sucked out of a door for no fucking reason backwards, <laughs> right? You're like, what the hell is happening? I have no fucking clue, <laughs> you know. And so at least the whole mystery is there. You know what I mean? So then after yeah. a certain point. Once the once the film starts going backwards, right? You're like, oh shit! Like all this stuff is connected in that way, and that's they planted this, and they and they're pulling off that, and that's why it's happening. And then it's just the lore of the whole thing is just so insanely smart and fascinating to me that it it, it really won me over. From from a like um, I guess a lot like Nolan gets a lot of critique on this where it's like a lot of a lot of very heady ideas and very little i guess emotional drive when it comes to his movies i guess um i yeah. think interstellar was less of that and interstellar i think had a lot of both particularly that scene where they come back after 27 years uh of being down on that planet and comes up and the guy's old and he watched that video with his that was like a crazy fucking moment like that's how you really blend sci-fi with human emotions and you fuck with it you know you mess with your characters in a really bad way. That's how you do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where, where, yeah. yeah. And, and I didn't really, I don't really see a lot of that, at, a lot of that in Tenet, right? So a lot of Tenet was very much a like technical movie, you know? Yep. And, um, you know, that's okay. You know what I mean? Because, you know, I personally, I like some Michael Bay movies because it's like watching fireworks. You know, you don't really like there's <laughs> reasons to watch movies in different ways. Right. Um, and so Michael Bay is like a firework show. So that's why you're watching. And then if you want to watch something yeah. like that would break your brain, then you watch the Christopher Nolan movie. Right. And then if you want to watch like this huge show, you watch like a James Cameron movie or something. And then you want to watch like, you know, touchy feely stuff or funny stuff. And then you go into other directors and stuff like that. So every director has their thing, but um, yeah, I mean, um, even now I would say, I honestly don't even know what the hell really happened in, in Tenet, really. Like, if you asked me to draw a diagram, like, I, I wouldn't be able to draw it. <laughs> but what it left me with was this fascination and this awe of, of seeing this world in action. And what I would love to see is another story, maybe even another director, using the exact same mechanics of this movie, but putting in, like, um, very basically like 
you've explained the world like the whole movie was just explaining how the whole fucking thing works you know what i mean mm-hmm. like you go in this yep. you see yourself and then if you see yourself walking backwards that means you're that means it's working and if you and if you don't then you're dead or whatever the hell it means you know what i mean but yep. i would love to see now the mechanics everyone try to kind of understand the mechanics of the movie um then how do you apply like a crazy character story on top of using the mechanics in a very unique way um and if he and if someone else makes a movie with those mechanics i really think that it would be great you know in a weird way that since we're talking about video games like tenet felt like the tutorial level the, you know the first level is <laughs> a tutorial level explaining how this game works you know what i mean and it's kind of fun you know it's fun and you get it and stuff like that but it's not really the game yet that's really what it felt like you know and so, yeah, yeah, and so, yeah, and it. so trying to like, you know, trying to explain the whole situation is hard enough. So, you know, once you start throwing all the other shit in, you're like, dude, I, you know what? I'm just going to make this movie and just as a tutorial level and we'll, we'll deal with yeah. the rest in another, in so, another episode, so, you know? So you're, yeah. you're up for Tenet 2? Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> it, Tenet 2 is going to be like astronomically better than Tenet 1, right? <laughs> better than Citizen Kane 2. Bro. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be. It's gonna. Yeah. All right. Um, so, so here are my brief thoughts on this movie. Yeah, yeah. And if you want to go deeper, we can do so as well. Mm-hmm. So first off, I I agree. I think this movie is steel cold. I don't. Uh, it's almost completely devoid of emotion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know how characters feel because they spend a hell of a lot of time just telling you how they feel. Exactly. And I found it really difficult to actually feel what they were feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. You did or did? I did. Got I did. It, got it. I, I had a lot of fun with this movie. It's, it's. It's a bombastic sci-fi action yeah. heist thriller. Yeah. And it moves at a, a breakneck speed. Uh-huh. It has astounding visuals. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a pounding score and a very interesting twist on the time travel genre, which is... Which is what fresh. I like. It's hard to do. Yes. Right? That's, like, that's what I like on, when right? I... When I when I watch a movie that involves time travel or some other genre in sci-fi, I say, "All right, we've seen other movies that are awesome with this type of with this type of thing, right? Time travel in this case. What are you gonna give me that is mind blowing?" And this movie delivered. I, I it was oh. it was spectacular. Yeah, the way they shot the reverse choreography is. It's magic. It's like magic. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's like magic. it's almost like it's almost like it's it's weird. It's almost like it's not. It's like VFX, but it's really not. You know, it's just reverse video, and then you're you know, it's like it's so yeah. simple in it in in the way that they do it, but the concept itself it makes all sense. So I would imagine their VFX the budget is, wasn't insane. Your, you know, your brain is trying to to um, reconciliate the fact that you're watching. One side, which is going in the correct direction, and yeah. then the other side, which is doing the opposite. Yeah. And it's, 
I don't know. And you and just... you watch the movie twice, but one in one in forward direction, one in reverse, and it's like, yeah. wait, what the fuck? Like you know, like ah, <laughs> oh, dude, it's it's. I don't know when it, it. The funny thing is that um, Interstellar when when I first saw that movie, it inspired me. It was it, it, it's like it inspired me so much when I first saw Interstellar because of those particular types of concepts and how they integrate it into human emotion that mm-hmm. like, you know, I straight up after watching, I watched that movie alone. I remember um, in, in a theater um, because I really wanted to fucking see it and uh, no one would want to watch it with me. And so, um, and so I watched it and you should have called me. What? <laughs> I don't even know if I was in the country. Really. I can't remember, but, um, but I remember seeing it. And then afterwards I just fucking went to a 24 hour, like Korean tofu soup shop. And I just sat there and then I just, started writing a, a sci-fi just like randomly you know um yeah. all the notes and it, it you know inspired me a lot actually and tenant actually didn't have that effect on me it had a different effect on me in terms of like how out of the box can you really get in a movie right like how mm-hmm. like you know what i mean like how do you yeah. create whether it's sci-fi or something something so fucking original and maybe in the sci-fi world it's not original maybe you know sci- hardcore sci-fi people it's not an original concept, but at least in the similar world, it's incredibly original and um, it's hard to do, man. It's really hard to, to try to think of something that no one's ever thought about. And on top of that, go through the whole gear grinding, you know, like, like, you know, meat machine of, 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 of cinema to actually shoot it and get it all made and then get it edited and then get it distributed and all this junk that you have to do to even get it out. I mean, man, it's just it's just a feat, you know. That's how I felt about it. Well, you you know, you mentioned that that uh, Interstellar inspired you to to write. So I I I wrote a sci-fi script. Nice. It's a time travel. It's a time travel. Really? Story. <laughs> and the soundtrack that I listened to while I was writing it was. The soundtrack for Interstellar. Damn, Hans Zimmer. Yeah. All right. Uh, so this movie was probably a little bit too long for my taste, mm-hmm. but that's only because there was very little character meat versus all the check out what crazy thing we can do here type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and what really stuck out to me was all the exposition dumps. It was. Nice exposition everywhere throughout this movie it it was just driving me insane <laughs> i i get i get that it's it's sci-fi and you want people to understand what's going on but there comes a point where it's just they're 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 going they're walking and it's exposition and they get in the train and it's exposition and they get on the bus and it's exposition <laughs> they go i'm saying man building. it's a tutorial man it's like press it's a, x to jump yes, that's literally yes. what it is you know Yes. Um, that's why I'm so excited by part two, bro. <laughs> it's like, you got to get the first one on. You just got to bang it out. People get it. And then, you know, you don't have to explain it anymore. And then someone else comes in and fucking just destroys it with this concept. Well, right? well the thing is, for, for for a sci-fi script, especially for for scripts that deal with time travel, I think that's one of the biggest hurdles to clear. That's true. That's true. Trying to explain... You, time travel yeah you have to establish the rules you have to explain what's happening without Mm -hmm. falling into like a physics 101 class yeah exactly that's true 
Um, <laughs> you remember that whole thing? It's like, oh, how do wormholes work? In, 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 it's like, okay, you take a piece of paper, you poke a hole through it, and that's a wormhole. It's like, okay, I get it. Yeah. This is how like yeah, Osborne right now, I'm telling you that. Because we're about to go into this ridiculous wormhole, and you, you, you explain this to me now? <laughs> scientists, why are you explaining how, how wormholes work now? You're obviously explaining it to the audience, because aren't these people supposed to know because they're actually going through a fucking wormhole? <laughs> like in five minutes. Um, have you seen the show Dark on Netflix? I haven't seen it. No. Is it a time travel show? All right. This is. It's a German. So it's it's subtitled. It's a German mm-hmm. sci-fi show, and it deals with some sort of time travel. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it for you. But it, okay. it does deal with some type of time travel. It's very interesting. Very intriguing and very dark. Um, I don't. I, I, I don't think I should say much. Okay, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna check it out. Okay. They have to they have to they have to like these names. The way that they're naming these shows, I don't think really helps. I'm I'm just telling you, like, you know, dark sounds like a monster movie, right? Maybe it is, but if you have time travel, maybe I don't know, like, dark Dude, colon. It, okay, so it's travel. it's three seas <laughs> it's three seasons. And and I, I have my I have my issues with the show, but I think it's it's a really tightly knit time travel type of thing, all right? I don't want I don't want to say much because okay. I don't want to spoil it. All right. Uh, but it not only deals with that; it also deals with other aspects of time travel. That when you watch it, we can just talk it over. Of course, I, I would fucking I, love I th- that. I think it's a it's a very interesting um, topic, not yeah. only time travel, but but all its all its roots. You when you watch the show, you 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 know what I'm okay. talking about. Is it like very cerebral time travel, like where you have to really think about it, or is it more like traditional time travel? Like okay, it feels organic. I like the stuff where I have to think about it. Like I have no idea it's, how this thing works, but it, it looks no, fucking awesome, kind of no. thing. I have to think about it. Yeah. Well. If you if you are quote unquote versed on time travel, mm-hmm. you'll you'll catch on. Because I, I have friends who did watch the show and and they loved it, but they had no idea what the hell was going on. <laughs> um, but for 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 people who who usually seek out this type of storytelling, got it. It's it it'll it's. I'm not saying it's gonna be easy because you're gonna have to kind of th- think about what they're talking about okay but once once you get into the groove of it you'll you'll get it that's cool man okay i gotta check it out and it it does go into much complicated ideas than what is presented in, in tenet okay um but but i'm bringing up dark because it has so many wonderful characters because and, and and again, it's a show, so yeah, mm-hmm. you have more time. Are yeah, yeah, are expanded upon. Yeah, but there are many times where it's just a bunch of exposition. <laughs> it's just a whole scene of exposition, uh-huh. and somewhere fantastically handled. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere, just it, it was amazing the way they handled all that exposition and mm-hmm. made it awesome. Yeah, and then some other, you know, not so much. <laughs> and tenant tenant is it falls into the category of not so much. Got it. Um, I I wasn't into the whole 
uh, give me all the exposition. I think I think Christopher Nolan is such a great filmmaker. Uh, all these scenes where, like for example, the the way it starts, the way that movie starts, is amazing. You know what? I I have this thing. After Justice League, you know the whole Justice League revival thing that happens, and it's like four and a half hours long. <laughs> I think that yes. certain directors like um, Christopher Nolan should just fucking make five-hour movies and four-and-a-half-hour movies and get all the character <laughs> stuff and the exposition in so that it... You know what I mean? Because he... Yeah. You, you, yeah. You're, 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 you're jumping into this world where you have to, in a weird way, binge-watch this movie in order to really <laughs> right, get let me, it, let me, you know? Let me, let me stop you there because I don't think... I don't think Christopher Nolan had the constraints that Zack Snyder did because his movies are successful. Zack Snyder... You know, he had some issues with those DC movies, and mm -hmm. for for his uh, Justice League, they were they were really watching him. Um, they yeah. were kind of saying, "Hey, man, your other movies didn't make much money, so <laughs> let's let's you know, let's change something." Yeah, yeah. The funny the thing is that it, it's not necessarily. I'm not but comparing I, those two movies. I'm not comparing no, no, them. No, no, I, 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 but it's I more get about it, the I length think, of it. You know, like to tell a story. Like people seem to be but, accepting it now in a way. To do a four but I think hour my movie. point, my my point is, my point mm -hmm. is, I yeah. agree, I agree that for Zack Snyder, maybe a longer movie makes more sense. Yeah, right? and, and it's evident with this last film that he came out with, mm -hmm. and with his other movies that mm -hmm. have been, uh, uh, that they, they he, he he pops out with a director's cut or whatever. Yeah, that's why he has to go on Netflix. He just has to go on Netflix and go, look, man. I need to. I'm gonna make a four and a half hour movie. I don't give a shit. You give me the money, I'll do it. You can have whatever you want. I'm gonna do it, and it's gonna be like insanely amazing because it has everything you want. Now, the person you don't give that to is uh, uh, what's the guy that did Lord of the Rings? <laughs> Peter Jackson. Huge. No, uh, uh, Peter Jackson. Um, yeah, Peter Jackson. Give him that for Hobbit, and then it gets it gets destroyed, right? I'm not saying he's a bad. I'm not saying he's a bad um director, but he might be a bad editor. You know what I mean? Um, well, so, the Hobbit movies weren't made under the best circumstances either. No, okay. I mean that that, that that movie was in developmental hell for a long time, and Guillermo del Toro was actually supposed to direct those movies. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, and he left the project because it was just taking too long. There was a whole uh, studios politics going on because MGM had the rights and mm -hmm. then. Other studio had the rights as well, and they had to kind of figure out yeah. how they were going to do this, yeah. and it was just a mess. And then by the end, Peter Jackson said, "Ah, all right, I'll direct it." And then, and then it just started. It was just a CGI side yeah. that. Is... So I'm pro. I'm pro longer movies. You know, as as long as it's a good movie, right? Like I, to be honest, like what, like like uh, Justice League, the four hour, four and a half hour movie was. Because it's compared to the the one the really bad one that came out, just because of that, it's like okay, you know what I you know it's it's not bad, right? It's like it's fun, you know. Um, and there's some good scenes like the whole like all the flash scenes I really like. I like that I like that character a lot. Um, I think for that movie as well, the fact that it's broken up into chunks helps. Yeah, and so yeah, it's like episodic in a little bit, so you can yeah. stop it if it's you like wanted to, show. right? Yeah, you know? and so you know it's funny because. In, in a weird way, I guess maybe it has something to do with COVID or the fact that Netflix is around. 
like the length of a movie now is not as significant as it was before, right? Because people binge watching things come out in some like as an original, whatever it is. So as long as maybe it's not coming out in a theater where your time cycle is a critical factor in making money, then mm-hmm. dude, man, like if I had the choice between making a four hour movie versus like an hour and a half movie, and I knew that my four hour movie would just really be more captivating because you can spend more time with the characters in general. Shit, man, mm-hmm. give me four hours, man. I'll do that, right? Um, but, uh, but, you know, it's like as long as it works, right? But sci-fi, like what you said, like sci-fi, you get around exposition, right? You, you, you need it into well, a certain think, capacity, right? Well, th- and, think, about, and, think about a movie like, uh, like, like uh, what's, Live, Die, Repeat? Um Tom Cruise movie. Yeah, uh, yeah. It had another name. The Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah, that movie is fun. Like Groundhog Day, movie, like sci-fi. That movie like. gets the concept of time travel out of the way, like that. Yeah, but it's very simple, right? It's simple to understand. It's like you die, and then you start back at one. It's like a video game, right? You like in a weird way, like that concept is already somehow in, in the culture, I guess. Because of Groundhog mm-hmm. Day, because of dying in video games, that's what happens in a weird way. Right? Mm-hmm. But take something like Tenant, like, what the fuck? Like, what the hell is Inversion? Oh, Inversion's shooting a bullet and it goes back into your gun and then you have to get it out and then you get the, you know, it's like, dude, like, what? <laughs> and then it goes, okay, so then what? If a human goes in the machine, then, you know, they have to, you know, they walk backwards, but they don't. And then you got to put like a mask on because you can't breathe because. Oxygen don't work that way. Then you know, and then I'm in a freezing car that just blew up. <laughs> so yeah, it's like I guess complicatedness. If that's even a word of I, I don't know. the sci-fi I, aspect of it. There, there, there. Probably there's probably a way to simplify all of this. I mean, if you take if you take all all the exposition scenes together, it's probably like thirty or forty minutes of this movie. And, yeah, and it's yeah. I don't know. Like like I said, I think I think Nolan's a great filmmaker, mm-hmm. and and right now no one's making films like him. Exactly, and, and that's like, great. That's what's so cool about it? And it's, he's like he's like it's, his, it's, it's he's like his own genre almost, right? Yeah, and he's, he's doing like, original you know, like, content as well, which, which is awesome. Crazy. Yeah, that's what's so crazy. He's like, um, yeah, I, I don't know. You know what the funny thing is? Like in when we're in school, you know, you're kind of primed, I guess, for what reason or another that to you know reference classic movies or movies that won Oscars in terms of what movies you like. You're like It's like a cultural thing, right? And I remember being in school and just going, fuck, man, I, you know, I, I, I just want to make James Cannon movies, you know? And, right. you know, I want to make sci-fi movies. I want to make these movies that, like, that get you going, you know what I mean? And I don't have anything, any problem with, the, with, the, with, the, with Oscar movies or anything like that. You know, I like those uh, as well. But it's just like my personal preference. I just really like those, but it, it was hard to say. So what ended up happening, I guess, um, is I started making movies in film school that were largely, at, at least from a directing standpoint, non, like very safe, I guess. And uh, I wish I didn't do that. I wish I would just straight up said like, fuck, man, I just want to make these movies and make them. You know what I mean? And I ended up doing that at a certain point. I made a fucking Kung Fu movie, like a straight up Kung Fu, like, Chinese, everybody spoke Chinese and everything. Um, you know, and that was nice. the most fun movie I made. It was my 508. And um, it was the most fun movie I made. Um, yeah, and so, you know, it's like, 
it's just I, I that's how I feel about I guess the culture of comparing movies I guess right I said the critics culture of comparing movies mm. um uh, you know it helps there's a there's a there's a reason why there, there's like you know is this movie suck or not like am i gonna enjoy it if i watch it or not you know what i mean but then there's the kind of the another world of it where it's like um it, you know you compare a movie that's made by nolan versus cameron versus say um orson wells right it's like it's almost like why would you even compare those in a way you know what i mean it's so yeah, different. yeah I t- I totally, you know I it's totally so different it, yeah. like you know like how do you compare tenant to fucking citizen kane it's like what like what the hell you know what i mean like i don't even know where to start or citizen kane too <laughs> <laughs> no i can compare them they're like modernly shot you know <laughs> black and white whatever uh, anyway um but yeah that's look, how i look, kind of feel I, about it. i Christopher Nolan, it's it's great that he's you know he's pushing for for original content. Yeah. Um. But but I also think that he needs a good screenwriter to inject a bit of of, of more character development. Doesn't and, his brother maybe, write a lot of his own stuff? Is, isn't that his brother's quite yeah. good for almost everything yeah. he does? Almost right. Yeah, I don't think he, I don't think he he wrote anything for this one though. Oh, so Nolan wrote Tenet. You think is that what really happened? I don't actually know. I think Chris, I Chris, I Christopher, think Chris, Christopher Nolan wrote Tenet. Yeah, by himself. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense actually, because it's like it's one of his most cerebral movies, I guess. Right. But even even Jonah Nolan has issues as well. I don't know if you've seen Westworld. Have you seen Westworld? Yeah, I've seen Westworld. There's some. There's some. Yeah, it draws a lot on the mystery of everything, you know, and there's some character stuff, but. It's largely based on like, oh shit, like why did that happen, or what the hell is going on with this particular scene, and why is it happening, kind of thing. Right, it's Westworld's fun. Too... It's okay. I I like season one. I'm not so fond of season two or three. Yeah, I don't know. Like you know, like West, it's like the Westworld was cool. It's like it's like kind of like okay, you know, I'm gonna make a movie about being in Disneyland. All right, so then we go to Fantasyland, then we go to Japanland. You know what I mean? And it's like that's what about right and then all of a sudden like okay now we're driving around in anaheim yep and it's just robots like walking around it's like i guess i guess that's cool but it's not as cool and then the guy from breaking bad is in it now it's like what's going on he wasn't in in the first season why is he in it now kind of thing you know that's how it felt about it yeah and then it's it's too puzzly (laughs) i don't i don't mind the puzzle right Mm -hmm. but sometimes they just indulge too much in the whole puzzly thing and it just turns me off. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I, I stop caring. Mm-hmm. Um, but any, anyway, anyway, what, what, what I, what I mean to say is that he, Christopher Nolan probably needs, or this is me saying this to one of the most successful directors in Hollywood right now. <laughs> that's, that's, I have, I have, uh, but, I, I personally also, also like I'm I'm very um, cautious about I guess because I'm like fuck what the hell do I know in a way you know yeah, what I mean like yeah. well, you know yeah and then this is this is very personal to me because I mm-hmm. I really like to have my characters developed mm-hmm. I think that's one of my biggest issues with with his movies look take take for example this movie Tenant where mm-hmm. you have the character of the what's what's her name the the woman you know okay. the, bl- the blonde woman 
Yeah. She says she she's constantly saying that she loves her son. She loves her son. But she says it. That's one of the things that, that 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 I meant when when I started talking about this film. People say what they feel, but we don't actually see it. Mm-hmm. She's constantly saying, "I love my child. I want to be with him. He's the most important thing to me." But that's all we know from their mm-hmm. relationship. We don't yeah. know anything else. Mm-hmm. And, and it's things like that that kind of hold me back from saying this movie was amazing because there wasn't a point where I could actually connect. With these characters, yeah, it's it's an awesome movie. Yeah, it has awesome awesome moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has mind boggling concepts. I appreciate yeah. the fact that they don't really explain how the machine works. Yeah, it's fine. It just that you just go in and come out. That's I'm cool with that. <laughs> um, but but to actually enjoy the movie and the storyline to its fullest. I want to connect to these characters, and that's something mm-hmm. that I didn't get. I agree. Uh, I, w- I would agree with you on that one. Yeah, I, I agree. So, um, I, I I really enjoyed the movie. Yeah, uh, me too. Again, it was probably like 20, 30 minutes too long for, for my taste. Mm-hmm. But um, but it was fun. It's it's it's. I would have loved to have watched this in a movie theater. Me too. I, I, and and on IMAX because I know this was shot on, on IMAX. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been spectacular. Mm-hmm. All right, so so let's move on to a smaller, yet very very much in line with this movie as far as time travel goes. I'm talking about time crimes. Time crimes. Were I had no I, I, I didn't I didn't have I no one's ever thought this movie before except you. I didn't even know it existed before I watched it. I don't know how you even came up across it because it's so obscure. Um, how did you come across this movie? I I was so t- um, time crimes. How did it, I think it was just browsing uh, sci-fi stuff on 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 uh, Amazon? Uh huh. Because the the movie used to be on, on Amazon, on Prime, Amazon Prime. So okay. You, yeah, you could just watch it. Mm-hmm. So I, I was just, yeah, I was probably just scrolling. I don't, I don't even remember when I watched this movie. It was a couple of years ago. Got it. Uh, so, so yeah, that's 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 how I watched that movie. I, and and it looked weird because the 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 um the poster for it is just the guy with the <laughs> it looked it looked on. like Dark Man or what? I don't remember what movie where they the like every you know every like it's like where you wrap the face with bandages kind of thing, right? Yeah, and it's like pink. It's like what the hell? What is this guy yeah. making me watch, man? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, what's going on here? And, and uh, um, yeah, it's kind of funny. It, uh, yeah, it, uh, but what are, you, what are you saying? So this movie is written and directed by Nacho Vigalondo. Uh huh. He's, uh-huh. he's, uh, he's. I think he's from Spain. I think it's a Spanish movie. I, well, the, the movie is Spanish. I'm not sure if he's. Spain. Anyway, the movie is in Spanish, so it has subtitles. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just it's it's nothing that you expect when you start watching this movie. Yeah, exactly. It's it's really because nothing. Like uh, you know, it's not even I the, thought, th- even the title means like not really. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like misleading the title. You know, I I thought I thought it was gonna involve some time cop or something like that. Yeah, I thought so too. I thought I was like, you know, yeah, exactly, right? It's like exactly time crime, time cop. They're trying to catch this bandage, bandage, bandage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, it turns into something else. Funny thing is they shot in Super 16, which I found actually very interesting. They shot an actual film. And it's weird too, because shooting a time travel movie in Super 16 is a very counter thing that you would think about, right? Because Super 16 is generally, it's, it was shot in 2007, I guess. So maybe it, it wasn't, was it 2007 or 2017? I can't remember. It was, it was in, the, in the 2000s. I don't remember. Yeah, exactly and so maybe, maybe Super 16 was still around. But at the same time, it's like, um, it's, it's interesting to see a time travel movie shot with grain that looks like that. So it looks like an older movie, you know? Yeah. So I didn't know what to expect, really, when I was watching it. Like, exactly what you said. Um, so what do you think? What do you think about the movie? I liked it a lot, man. I, I mean, apparently, the mo- I looked it up. The movie is like $2.9 million, right? And I'm guessing because that's just all film. I don't know. Or film processing, whatever the hell it is. Or maybe just building that tank that they have. I don't know really where the money really went, honestly, because like half the movie is on a hill with some lamps. The the other one is this facility with a tank in the middle, but I don't think it would you know cost that much. And then the other one's in the house, right? So it's like, what's going on here? Like, where's all the money going? So it, it kind of felt very lo-fi, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, I thought it was kind of funny. Like parts of it were kind of funny, like unintentionally funny. Like yeah. like when the guy's running up the hill. He's being chased, but he doesn't really run, you know? Like, there's this guy that literally stabbed him in the arm, you know, and he's trying to run away from this guy. And then he's like, he's like, wait, wait, where's that guy? Like, you gotta run up the hill, you gotta go. And then he's just walking up the hill, like, he's like, kind of, and then, like, and then he tells him to start running because he, like, somehow, like, he's in a car or something. And he starts running, he, like, runs out of breath in, like, two seconds. <laughs> and then he, like, drops the board. He's like, oh my God. You know what I mean? I don't know. This is, like, unintentionally, like, really strange. Uh, ways to direct something, you know. Mm-hmm. So I thought I thought find that kind of interesting. But overall, I thought that um, smart kind of movie, and and it's really small, so I appreciate it that they're able to captivate me. Throughout the, I, you know, I have this weird thing about watching movies. I, I don't want to tell anybody this, but um, like I I start and stop movies a lot. Like when I watch a movie, sometimes I'll start stop it and start it up to twenty times. Um. I don't know why I do it. Like I, I see an actor that I, I, I recognize, I'll like look him up, then I'll like go down this rabbit hole looking up, and then I'll start the movie again. And then if and if like a really good part happens, I'll stop it, and I'll just kind of veg out a little bit and just think about it, and I'll start the movie again. Um, and it's very rare, for good or bad, I don't want you know, that I would watch a movie all the way through, mm. right? So it doesn't, it, when, when I start to stop, it doesn't actually mean the movie's bad or anything. It just means that it has interesting concepts that I like to explore and think about. But at the same time, whenever I watch a movie all the way through and I don't stop, that means something else too. It means that it was very, I guess, from a visceral standpoint, it was very captivating. It's like, it wasn't very cerebral, but it was mm-hmm. like, I wanted to know what's going on and I can't, I can't stop to, until I find out what that is. And I guess from a, yeah. from a directorial standpoint, that's an achievement. I, you know, that at least for what I believe is an achievement, because it's, it's, it's very hard to keep eyeballs on the screen and locked in. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And um, and some and that that this movie did it. A tenant didn't do that. I can tell you that right now. I stopped and started tenant <laughs> like forty times because I was like, wait, what's going on? And I had to rewind it and understand what the hell just happened. And then they'll refer to something, so they had to go back in time to okay, that's what they referred to, and then who's that name, and then, you know all that stuff, right? That's that's basically the tenant, right? But I think this movie's concept kind of, in a weird way, unfolded 
its exposition as it was happening. Yes. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I guess that, yeah. that that's the best way I can describe it. So you just start finding stuff out watching it. So you didn't have to really think about it that much in terms of the cerebral thing. And, um, and so, yeah. And so then, you know, that's, that's, that's how I kind of felt about it. That's, it, it, if it. If if I watch it all, the movie all the way through, that means something significant from at least a filmmaking standpoint, right? And I'm sure that that translates into the audience as well. How about you? Yeah, and it, it, speaking to that, I think the cool thing about this movie is that watching it for the second time, knowing <laughs> that this is the, the 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 guy is the same guy who has the bandages the same guy who chases him <laughs> and it was so funny because there's like a little tiny bandage on the arm and all of a sudden he has like a huge amount on his a, face like how did you get wrap. that it's yeah a, exactly. it's a it's mask like what are you doing like why would you even wrap your face that way like who does that just be scary you know i don't anyway it's just funny um and and then knowing that when he goes in the tank there's already a version of him that's in there. Yeah. It's it it's it, it's so watching trippy. it for the second time, knowing all of this. It's mm -hmm. great cuz you you can spot all of these easter eggs all around the film. Uh, it's, I it's I should great. watch it again actually. I should watch it again. Um I I adore this movie. I think it's one of my favorite time travel movies. I, I think really so. Do. I I think it's a really fun movie. It's something. It's almost. It feels like something that you can kind of you can make yourself. You know what I mean? You have a mm -hmm. tank. You have a house. That's really all you need, yeah. right? And then you go in the woods. And that's pretty much the whole freaking movie, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and that. So we should remake it just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So is that it? Nothing else. You have anything uh, else for me? Um. I mean, we can talk about, if you want to talk about, we can talk about uh, Predestination, which which is an interesting movie as well. Um, All right, yeah, Predestination with uh, Ethan Hawke. Mm -hmm. It's a movie that came out, like, what, four years, four or five years ago? So at this point, at this point, if anybody's still listening, they've got to be a hardcore time travel movie fan. Yeah. Because it's like, this movie, <laughs> I saw this like four or five years ago, I think. I, I seriously don't even remember exactly what happened. I just remember... That 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 one reveal, <laughs> the one reveal where you're like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, that's very fascinating. You know, I never seen it. I never seen that type of time travel movie before. Um, and I guess Predestination and um, Time Crimes are, are very similar in that type of loop. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, I I thought it was a very smart movie. I like I really like Ethan Hawke ever since because one of my favorite movies, one of my top ten movies, is Gattaca. So whenever I see mm -hmm. Ethan Hawke, it reminds me of like you know when I started film school or just started film in general. And I really like it. So, but he's always really good. Um, how did you feel about that movie? Yeah. So, so Predestination is a movie where there are different versions of the protagonist, not only as as uh, just the physical form of the protagonist is mm -hmm. there, but different versions in in different genders as well genders exactly which was uh, um, very fascinating which which was yeah it's it's one of those things that once once you watch the entire thing it just and and, and watch it again for the second time yeah it all it's it's a very well thought out 
puzzle that just it just fits everything just fits you know i love those type of movies like 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 fight club is kind of like that you know where you watch a movie once and then you watch it again and you see like oh shit like that's the craft of the movie that they're putting in trying to hide stuff easter egg stuff things like that um m night did it really really well really well in the first his first movie um six Sense. you know mm-hmm. personally i really liked unbreakable like and i, I I really like that movie, and a lot of people don't. But whatever. Uh, but okay, let's it's go fine. back to. Huh? It's it's fine. It's not it's not my favorite from him, but um, I I get why people like it. I get why you like it, mm-hmm. and I I can appreciate that. I can I yeah. can really appreciate mm-hmm. it. I I yeah. think I think it also suffers from a sophomore slump as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because the sixth sense was sixth sense was so good. good, right? It was just so good. How do you how do you how do you get, you know, how do you, uh, yeah, like, how do you beat that? It's like, I don't know, man. He should have just quit and just, he just become a legend, you know? <laughs> Damn. But yeah, those those movies that you can just go back and pick up the pieces and say, wow, the this this was really all sprinkled out uh, from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and Predestination is one of those time travel movies that, like I said, is, is very well thought of. It's it everything connects, and it also has this different dimension of adding the fact that the the, the main character is not only a woman in the beginning who gets a, a sex re, a sex a sex reassignment later on, mm-hmm. but he's also the elf. <laughs> You gave away the it's, whole movie. I didn't want to say it, but that's like the craziest part of the movie, right? Um, and somehow you make it all work. Yeah. It's almost, as, it's almost as if the filmmakers were like, what is the craziest familial <laughs> relationship thing that I can think of? And then how do I add it to time travel? And then he's like, okay, I'm going to work it out. So he draws all these diagrams and like, I got it. What is he going to call it? Predestination. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it felt like. And not only that, he he eventually ends up being in the end. <laughs> no, that happens He's... in time crimes too, which is hilarious. Uh, what what I love about time crimes also is the way it ends, because did... after all after all the shit that the guy oh, goes through, yeah, he just watch the cops come in. That's it. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> like a dead girl back there. I want to do a time travel movie at one point. And do a really, really complicated one where I have to do <laughs> two and a half hours of exhibition, ex, ex, uh, exposition just for people to understand it. That's my goal. And, and, and to keep people watching as well, you know, still watching. And then you're going to do a podcast complaining about my movie. Like, Look, man, it's, I'm, it's a time travel movie, bro. It's like, that's what you got to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to send you my time travel script. That's what I'm going to do. Okay, I want to read it. I want to read it. Uh, I'll send you my time travel script, and then you complain to me. Okay, I'm like, hey, you man, this, this doesn't here, make, bro. Like, this doesn't make any sense, man. I thought you don't like exposition, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, well, I, you know, the, 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 funny, the funny thing is, I actually don't really have a. Pro- I don't know. I don't have a problem with exposition, as long as the exposition itself is interesting. You know what I mean? Like, if you're explaining to me how genuinely interested in how black holes work. You know, but you're telling me a story wrapped with like some girl who gets sucked into a black hole 
and then she finds out that it's a black hole. I'm like, no, no, just tell me like the science guy. I'm like, I want to. I don't want the girl <laughs> getting sucked in, and then she's experiencing her. You know what I mean? She's traveling around it, and then she comes out of it, and she's like she's seven years younger or whatever the hell is happening. You know, but um, but I get it, I get it. But uh, but I'm a geek sometimes, so it's like sometimes it's like, so just give it to me up front, and and then you can go on with the story because it's fascinating. Because once you get it, it it colors everything else after that in a way, right? So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't I don't have as much of a problem with it as long as it's as long as the information you're giving me is very interesting. I guess it's also the way it's delivered. That's true too. Like um, if you're if because... you have a very charismatic actor delivering it you know speaking in the british accent and like he looks all cool and stuff and all confident and he's explaining it it's like yeah just keep explaining or or just or just hire anthony hopkins for westworld (laughs) and have him do the all the exposition dump and that works that's true that's true or just you know Um, give it to me in voiceover or something (laughs) (laughs) i don't know about that i don't honestly i don't have a problem with voiceover either uh, as long as, as long as it's, you know, as long as, uh, it's interesting what you're telling me, I guess, you know what I mean? Cause I think, I think at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's like, okay, well, is what is happening or you telling me entertaining in its own right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's entertaining in some way, right? Whatever the hell yeah. that way is. So if it's exposition, but it's entertaining, then great. You know, it's fine. You know, keep it yeah, in. Sure. Maybe you could do it better. Maybe, but you know, mm-hmm. maybe you have enough time to just dump it on me. Whatever. Right. Yeah. All right, man. I think I think this is it. Yeah, it's fun. Thank you so much. Appreciate this. Hope to have you back. And to all the audience out there, I hope you enjoyed this extra super duper bonus episode. <laughs> and again, if you like it, just let me know. Email. You can call me, leave a voicemail, or just uh, do it via Twitter. All right. Talk to you later, guys. Thank Bye-bye. you, brother. Bye bye.